The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle. As I said yesterday, Friday edition with Dr. Wong. Today is Saturday edition with strongman Ryan Stewart. And if you have been listening as of late, I just put the show up with Dr. Wong. We did a show yesterday called E-STEM, Middies, and Achieve It. And... Um, it was incredible. You want to talk about a power pop show? You know, whether it's Ryan, Dr. Wong, the, the show before with Andrew Durney at too, it, you know, we talked about life, basically our own lives. And what, what the show was called is I Wouldn't Change Anything. And pretty much that's the way we felt about our lives. I mean, there's things that happen. But there's too many people blaming the past and living in the past. And our whole gun here is to live for the future, to go out and do great things. So check out those shows. They were absolutely incredible. And this one today will be up either tomorrow or Monday, and it will match up with everything. The shows, whether I'm doing singulars, I've been doing much more of them because of being in and out of the house. Those shows smoke. I mean, people love them. And I'm doing more and more about the whole mental end of everything, and you're going to see more and listen to more and more of this stuff coming down the road. But first off, um, I'm not going to do stand up and breathe. Um, We've been doing that for a while. We're going to get it again. But everyone is a winner and champion here. And obviously, we just kill obstacles, all right? Nothing stands in our way, no matter what it is. We will get through it at some point. But, you know, I was thinking the other day, um, what is a winner? Uh, winners are thinkers. Winners walk correctly, meaning they don't look down. They're not afraid to look at somebody in the eye. Winners are thinkers for sure. They're doers. And that's what we're all about here. And that's what you've got to start claiming out there and claiming for yourself and being those different qualities of yourself. They're so vital and so important. And I just love this stuff and all the stuff we're tackling, whether it's all these books I'm reading or like I, Dr. Wong and I talked about, you know, believe, achieve, conceive, the whole notion and the whole philosophy of it yesterday. We could probably do a million shows. And we talked about various authors and the various ways to think. And I mean, the the information just at the end of that podcast is more than mostly anything I see out there here. And I know because I get things from people all the time. Basically, most of these shows, they're telling me, and I don't listen to anybody else. Um, they're all infomercials, pushing products. Well, we sell a product here. We sell two products here. Winners and Champions Inc. out on FiorelloBarbellCo.com, I feel is the best product out there. And I'll tell you why. 
because everything that I put out is done here in the yard, in the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. There's 14 modules. There's enough work on there if you really want it. It's it's a lifelong process that's on there. But I'll tell you right now, you start doing every one of those movements I talk about, you got a year's worth minimum. And we're not talking about the little candy-coated stuff. We're talking real stuff, manly stuff. Women can do it. I've, I've trained women on it. Sandbags, stones, power rack training, high shrugs, pullovers, dips, long forgotten. But when we bring Ryan in, I'm sure Ryan will attest to all those movements because when you're going after Husafel Stones like he is very shortly, I'm sure he's going to tell you because we're going to get into some very interesting stuff today. We're going to do some matching movements. I'm sure he'll attest to just the changes in his philosophy of lifting to go after this monumental stone he's going after. And he and I both know there are no guarantees to anything with this. And the thing is, you do everything you do, but once you step on Iceland air, it's all over, kids. You're in the air, and you're going to where you got to be, your destination. And we're going to hit, I'm sure, on that very shortly. Also, too, Prosperity Consciousness, that is the donation page. We give, give, give. We've got over now 900 podcasts up. And we are in Brazil and Italy now to go with the rest of the world. Incredible stuff. Um, so go out, fit, uh, 25, 50, 100. You're going to get something free with each donation. In fact, you get two with the 50 and 100. Bring some money in here because it costs a lot of money. I'm working outside of here. We will survive this thing, and we will make this the biggest thing. Today, all I was thinking about was five years down the road, where are we going to be? It's like they talked about Walt Disney. He was a guy that lived on beans for I can't tell you how long and slept on an old sofa. Oh boy, oh boy, you sure know the history and story of him. But what he did is what I'm doing right now. Even when you're gone, your legacy still continues. There is still Disney World. So think about that, everybody. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com. As I said, 925 shows and counting. Um, Go out and check them out. Slash category, slash podcast. Just go out. I believe this is the fourth show I've done with Ryan. We'll do many, many more, and I can't wait till he gets back from Iceland because that will be a monumental show for sure. So stay tuned for all that. Also, too, uh, sign up for our free newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. That goes right to my MailChimp account. Bang, 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 you get whatever I put out, and I always put out a ton of content no matter what it is. And also, too, don't forget about advertising. Come on in, advertise. I guarantee you, you and I will make a lot of money together. Don't forget, till the end of the month, our free strategy session. Um, if you're in the New York, Albany, whatever area here in New York, come on up. I'll give you the best hour you've ever trained. I promise you that. If you're not in Albany, not in New York, as they say, Skype. We're all over the world. I will work with anybody. It doesn't matter where you are. You want to come in here, we will do it. I promise you that. Um, and I'm trying to think. I think. Oh, Manly Men's Movement. Can't forget about that. Um, go in there, FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Start a thread going. It's right on that page. Bring video in, whatever you want to do. Let's get this ball rolling big time. As I said, we have Ryan Stewart coming in here. And before I bring Ryan in, I want to just hit something real quick, too. We talked yesterday about 
the new product that I'm using and a big company that I'm hooked up with, and it's called an e-stim. Now, this is called an electro-stimulation device. Now, this is with our good pal, Paul. Um, this thing is absolutely incredible. Um, it's strong enough for shoulder, hip, and knee. He's the only guy that produces one with an AC-DC switch. Okay? So one is stronger, which is the AC, and you also have the DC. Um, there's no other stimulator on the market today like that. And one of the biggest things is, because Dr. Wong is a pro with these, and he ordered one, and it's already changed his shoulder injury. And when you hear what he's done to get that, you've heard on other shows, but he tells all about it. Um, I'll tell you right now, you got a guy that's punching rocks and sand in a burlap bag from a tree limb. No wonder why his shoulder's a little hurting. He's been doing it for 50 years. The thing, the product's incredible. Our pal Strongman John Bruni just uh, ordered one. If you go to MotivationMuscle.com, click on the picture of me inclining a pair of 150-pound, 2-inch handle dumbbells in each hand. Click that. They'll take you right out to the e-stim machine. You can read it. And right now, if you order one through that site, you get it for $299. You save $100. Go out. Everybody's talking about restoration, injury prevention. Well, you've got it all with that. So listen to the show I just did with Dr. Wong, and I promise you that's one hell of a great investment. Now, we got Ryan here. Number one, he is the co-owner of Black Flag Strength and Fitness. He's a power lifter, strong man, and Highland Games competitor, and definitely a big-time stone lifter now. Ryan, welcome back to the show. I know that was long, but there's an awful lot of stuff going on here. So welcome back, my friend. No worries. No worries. It's great to be back. Thanks, Eric. It's always good to have you. Um, Give out your uh, website, obviously, any information I missed. And first thing I want to do, let's get caught up on what's going on with Iceland and your progress with that. And then we're going to talk about, I mean, look at all the stuff Ryan's doing, I'm doing. You know, we've been getting requests from people. I got some great feedback the other day on, a, uh, basically, it was plans the show was called. And it was fictitious, obviously, but it would be something I'd start doing with people. It was getting someone up to a 300-pound deadlift. Now, before you say that's nothing, let me let me just tell everybody out there, there's not a lot of people walking around doing a 300-pound, pulling a 300-pound deadlift, if you can believe that. Believe me when I tell you that, all right? So that is one hell of a pull. I don't care what anybody tells you. So what I did is I went through the planning, how to execute, a little bit of the rep range, what type of bars to use. These are things a lot of people don't know or they don't think, all right, about what they want to use. So, Ryan, give everything out, and I'm real excited. This is going to be a hell of a show, brother. Yeah, you can find us uh, on, well, you can just Google Black Flag Strength and Fitness. We're here in Sandy, Utah. And as far as social media goes, you can find us on both Instagram and Facebook, as well as my personal account, uh, Stu Squatch is the, the handle on Instagram. And you can just find me on Facebook as just regular old Ryan Stewart. <laughs> All right. Well, you're doing something that I would have loved to accompany you to because we had talked about. Um, 
get, give everybody the feedback. I know you're going to be leaving in May. I know you got a definite day. I'm sure we can talk that today. But tell everybody where you are getting ready for Iceland to go lift, in my opinion, the greatest manhood stone ever. Uh, Cavella Halen, they call it. Husafel Stone. Um, lay it out, brother. Yeah, uh, no, training's going good. Um, you know, I, today I had some heavy walks. I did uh, for my first first time ever doing 400-pound walks with the Husafel Stone. And, uh, you know, Louis Simmons is, a, is an advocate of being being the best on your worst day. And for me today, you know, I'm pretty beat up from – competing last week in a day of the dead deadlift competition that I run where I got pretty close to a 730 pound deadlift and missed it just at the knees. Just kind of showed me where I have uh, some deficiencies, but still a little bit taxed from doing that and then playing around lifting some fun stone stuff afterwards. So being able to go out today and uh, walk with a 400 pounder, even though, you know, it wasn't much, yeah, I gave it all I had, and and uh, it went well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, well, no, it's going great. Well, you know, too. I mean, the lower back takes a beating. I mean, everything yeah. else does too. Um, we've talked about this before. I mean, you know, you and I in the last show it was like a light, medium, and heavy day with stones, sandbags, whatever you're going to use. Um, this is another thing. Um, most people, and even guys like us. Make make the I don't know if I want to say uh, it's a mistake. In some ways, it is. A lot of times, we're a little bit little bit too exuberant, which I never want to shut off. But you and I both know, you start getting sore body parts, especially in the lower back. That is going to affect your training. Um, yeah. And the idea, everybody, in case you're not sure, I'm going to tell you it again. You got to back off, and you got to back off enough where. You're going to recover. I mean, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we talked about that E-STEM product yesterday. Um, I've been having phenomenal success with it in a couple ways. Uh, Dr. Wong and I were talking yesterday, Ryan, this is real interesting stuff. Um, You know, he knows anatomy like crazy, and he's talking about the way he's crisscrossing um, the pads and everything because you get four lines of feed with this thing. And this is a 9.6 hertz that I run the other V Pro that Paul puts out for sleep. It's absolutely incredible and everything is scientific and the whole deal. What I found with this E-STEM is if I, like tomorrow I've got to train. So tomorrow's going to be stone lifting, stone walking, but I haven't done this yet. But what I have done on the upper body is I run it from just below, like right on the trap, but I run it as close to the side of my neck as I can, and then I run the other two on the bicep. And I'm running AC first for about 40 minutes and then DC to finish off for about 30 And I'll tell you right now, besides really making tons of gains with the mashing middies, this stuff's definitely firing this tissue up like you wouldn't believe. Now, tomorrow, um, I, you know, obviously, guys, uh, if you're not whatever with your, you know, have your legs shaved or whatever, and I know a lot of, 
you know, bodybuilders and a lot of professional athletes do it. I mean, I've already had to shave the spots where those pads are going because they're not going to stick to hair on your legs. So I'm going to run them mid-thigh on each side, and I'm going to run them on the lower part of the hamstring just before it would hook right into the back or the crook of your kneecap. So it's going to be very interesting, but what I'm saying is here, you know, we're talking about recovery, we're talking about, you know, you push and push and push, and see, Ryan's talking, I mean, that was a week ago he did that event. That just goes to show you, it doesn't matter how established of a lifter you are, you don't always recover in three days, four days, it'll take you maybe a week, ten days to come back. So what do we do then? We lighten up. Or like Ryan did today, he did a max lift, but he did it for a short stint, all right? Yeah. You don't have to. Well, I, I'm going to give it right to you because I'm not going to explain your lift, obviously. But I know from experience, I don't care if I take a 400-pound stone and move it five feet. And it'll be like, well, you know, and, and Ryan, I hear this all the time. I hear it from guys that come over. Well, what does that do for you? Tell everybody, what does that do for you? Well, that builds guts and intestinal fortitude. I'll tell you that much. It's yeah. Whether you're rocking five feet, twenty-five feet, ninety feet with a four hundred pound stone, I mean, you get something out of it every time, no matter what. Well, what? Why? And, why, why is it though? Why is it you think? Why do you think it's like people? Is it everybody's got to have a big number now for it to be worthwhile, or what? Yeah, and that's just it. The numbers aren't big all the time. I can't lift heavy stones every single time I lift stones because no. it's just it's not it's not possible. You can't do that. Not- and, you know, I'm kind of running into a, a part of my training now where you know it's one thing to get ready for one stone. If you're going to go lift the Denny's and you're practicing for the Denny's and you're practicing for one single lift on one stone. You know, that's fairly easy and fairly manageable and real easy to program for yourself. But I guess where I'm running into, well, you know, kind of like when I went to Scotland is I'm not just training for one stone. I'm training for seven, eight, nine stones. And you have to train your body to lift that amount of stones in a row, that many days in a row. As you know, Eric, I mean, you've been over there and – yep. And you know that it's 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 you lift one day, you take the six hour drive up to Latra, you lift yeah, yeah. you know five, six, seven stones that day, then yep. you drive over to Legenstein and yep. have to lift that one. And it, I mean, it's multiple days, it's a long time, and you got to prepare your body for that. It, it, and people don't realize it's not even lifting the stone; the travel is long, man. It's long and. I, I, I said this before in other shows, and you'll find out, Ryan, you're in spots, I'm telling you right now, if something ever happened, you'd die out there. I'm not yeah. kidding you. And, you know, people are like, oh, look it. You know, I, I said the other day um, to somebody, because um, I'm becoming probably a, a, a nut about verbiage more so than ever, because I just think for me, especially, it's so vital. And... People say, uh, they say, they'll say to me, like, take care. And I'll say to them, go take a chance. And they look at you, Ryan, like you got 15 heads on your shoulders. It's like, <laughs> it's like take care to me is like, go hide under your bed. You know what I mean? It's like all I think now, even my little nieces and nephews, 
Danny says to me, he's over the other day, and he's like, because they all call me Uncle H, because that's one of the... My one nephew got the name Eric, however he put H together. It stuck with me forever. I mean, my own family calls me that. And Danny comes to the door when, I, when his dad answers it with the dog. And he's like, hi, Uncle H. And I was like, hey, Danny. He's like, yeah. I said, take a chance, brother. And, you know, he just comes up and hugs you. You know what I mean? It's like, but you know what, you know what I'm doing? Seriously? Without them even knowing it, I, I'm just, I'm trying to formulate them to kind of attach themselves to stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and they have that type of parent around them, too. So it's a good thing. You know, it's like, I suppose, you know, no one means it like, you know, well, you know, just take, yeah, I understand that whole thing. But to me, it's like, oh, I'd rather tell somebody, hey, go go take some charge. Go go do something big today, you know, rather than take care. All right, that's not it. You know, so that's just me. But, you know, with all the stuff here, as you're going to find out, these are long treks, very interesting driving, believe me. You're going to find that out real quick. Um, but I'll tell you what. To me, there's nothing like being out in the middle of nowhere. Um, because as I said, on the way when we lifted, when, you know, by then I had torn the bicep and Peter and, um, uh, and the guys, and of course, Bill Crawford were up there, uh, at one point in Iceland where it looked like the end of the world. It was absolutely beautiful. Just blue sky. It looked like the ocean was painted and it stopped, but it didn't. And they're up there lifting that crazy Peter stone. Now, I just want to tell you this, and then we're going to, we're, it, whatever else we've got, we'll talk about. I want to go into some uh, matching movements, too. Um, when Bill was on here, I might have told you on the last show or offline, but he can't say yet. He thinks for sure they found two more stone, famous stones in Iceland. Um, it's pretty intriguing, but I don't know when he's going to get over there because they have to find, they think they know where the locations are, but we don't know how deep these things could be buried. And so, go ahead. So there, there are a few more and we found them. <laughs> um, so yeah, they think they don't know. And Bill didn't want to say anything about location or anything like that. I got it. Um, well, no, I found them. We oh, found them. Oh, me, and, me and Nick Whalen found where they were. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how much I'm supposed to say, but, yeah, we found them, found the locations. No uh, shit. Even found – yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, so, did, and, did you, have Nick, you ta- Nick put a lot of work in on that. Have you talked to Bill? I haven't talked to Bill. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, I, I'm very interested in where they are. Okay. Um, well – we won't say anything on the air until we know for sure. That um, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty interesting because I'll tell you what, that place is so rich with stones. My God, I can't imagine two more historical stones. That's awesome. Um, what else? You got anything else you want to add? I'm, uh, what's, when are you going in May? Just so everybody yeah, knows. May, leave on May 26th okay. and come back on June 4th. Okay. And um, I've made the decision to actually take Dritvik out of my trip. Okay. Um, the reason being is do I go to Dritvik and wear myself out, wear my biceps out, and uh, make it to where the rest of the stones, the rest of the trip are going to be yeah. uh, miserable if I can do them at all? Or do I you know, take it out and – 
we're going to shoot straight up to Latra after Husafel, and uh, we will lift all the stones up there, then go to Peter's Stone at Dinyandi Waterfall, yep. and then we will go to Legenstein after yep. that. Yeah, you, maybe you, may, you'll be one added to the whole rack to free the farmer up in Legenstein. That would be awesome, man. What, what, wait till you see that stone. Oh, yeah, it's, brutal, it's man. Crazy. Yeah, it it's looks crazy. like it looks like a big sword. It comes right to the point. And I think that stone is, I want to say, mid fours, maybe. Might be heavier. Four eighty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been so long since I thought about that. That's awesome stuff, man. Wow. Um, are you where? Where are you going to stay? Um, you know, uh, there, there's a, a small town up there in the West Fjords, yep. uh, that it will stay in. It's, uh, oh man, was it Patrick's, Patrick's Fjorder? Yeah, I know. Like yep. That. Yep. Yep. Hey, um, and, uh, we'll stay there. Cool. When you're there, don't forget to partake in some black death. You gotta do some, <laughs> do, do some shots, man. You'll love it. You can bring one bottle back from the airport too. They'll let you. All right. Obviously, um, everyone knows what Ryan's been up to. Um, now it's getting right near uh, crunch time. Myself, same thing with the mashing middies. And a lot of people have been sending notes, obviously, and the deadlift show called Plans was went, was very receptive. Let's talk about a few movements you like. Um, it can do anything with stones. You know, I, I, I'm not going to give anybody a brain overload right now. But let's talk yeah. about some stuff that you feel matches up together. You know, two movements. Let's get in a little bit of reps, maybe how to add them in, or maybe we want to just specialize on a few of them for a month or so. So take it away. Well, you know, my favorite movements, whether it's for stone or deadlift or squat, um, all of the above is the glute ham machine, uh, specifically glute ham against rubber bands. Yep. If you can break a deadlift from the floor, if your glute ham with bands behind your neck is strong, whatever you break from the floor, you will lock it out, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so that's a big one for me, and it's something that I haven't been able to do in the last six, seven months since having that hernia surgery because I have a buildup of scar tissue in that area. Yeah. And uh, kind of aggravates it, gives it problems. But just in the last, I'd say, three weeks, I've been able to start kicking it back in. It doesn't hurt anymore. And uh, that's it. That is the end all for me when it comes to locking out stones, locking out heavy deadlifts. Is that glute ham with rubber bands behind your neck? Uh, I'm with you there. And I've got another thing, too. Now, I think I told you I've got an original Michael Yes, this one. Um. It's, it's brutal because if anybody knows the history, he was over in Russia during the times when we talked about this, I think, Ryan, correct me if I didn't, um, we were talking about uh, Alexia with the Palma horse locking into the bars, uh, obviously raising the Olympic bar and doing just monster glued ham with it. And, yeah. you, you, yeah. know, you know, and, and there is material out there. You can find it. Um, um but it's it's rare. But if you, I think if you go out and Google Michael Yeses, you might be able to still find um, some of the material he wrote. Uh, it was out there. I don't know if it is anymore. It's very interesting. Now, I've said on here multiple times, I don't know if I've ever said it with Ryan here, 
but I found I uh, the old Perry Raider Iron Man. I think it might have been from 1969 or 70. I believe Casey Viator was on the cover, and there was a great, great article written about obviously the Soviet lifters. But you know, it it, it was reference. I mean, we talk about the back with a hole on the cover of Milo Regert. You just look at the erectors on these guys. I mean, they'll blow your friggin' mind. And the thing I took away from that article, among many things, and it was an absolute gem. Um, and they talked about one more movement, and I'll give it to you because I do it. Um, what they said was the American lifters, Joe Doobie was a monster Olympic lifter during that time, one. And they all did hyperextensions. But they couldn't figure out what was going on. How are these guys just lifting anything off the ground? You know, Ryan just made reference to that. And, of course, you know, you always got to hear the bullshit. Well, they were all taking a better Diana Ball or a Deca or whatever they were taking back then. You know, Diana Ball was pretty much probably the drug of choice. I mean, that was all through York Barbell. But you know what? That doesn't mean jack to me because my whole attitude with it is this. If it, if it was so good, does that mean anybody that took it could lift anything they want? Absolutely not. I got in an argument with a guy one night about the cheating thing. I, I, look, see it the way, however you want to. I, I don't care. I really don't care anymore about any of that stuff. But here's the dead point of the whole article. They were doing two things. They When, when Joe Doobie went over... And he witnessed what was going on, and this was before the glued ham was was built. This was the horse, the palm horse, and the whole deal, like I just said. But another thing they were doing, and I've incorporated this into my lifting, especially with the mashing middies, do a close grip bent row and match that up with the glued ham machine. And I am telling you right now, ladies and gents, if you're doing the the um, close grip row properly. The middle of your back will feel like somebody's shredding it. And I don't mean in an injury way, too. You'll feel it like you wouldn't believe. I superset those a lot with the glued ham. Now, I do mine a little bit different, Ryan. Um, I've got some very, very heavy, like, bands, thick, thick. They look like medical stuff, surgical stuff, in, like, these harnesses. And what I can do with this, and it has basically a thing... You can do squats with this, and it has another big piece of rubber in the middle of it, which almost looks, which is, it's for your neck, all right? And basically what I do is I put those two stirrups on the front end of my glued ham machine, and I have, where it stretches, I have that behind my head. And I make sure, you know, this thing is locked down tight, and I come up and explode it that way. These band, well, I won't call bands. These this tubing, I, I can put three on each side. I don't even know if I could move this thing with two. It's so heavy. Um, I can't. I got it from Bobby. Um, oh, I can't think of his last name. He was a boxer, and he was one of the first ones to have him out. Was it Bobby? Was it Hines? I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But I use that. Those two movements, I'm telling you, will build your back like you like you wouldn't believe. And this is the thing. Ryan talked about when you do this type of stuff that really 
you'll be able to pull anything off the ground. Well, that's what they made reference near the end of the article, which when you're reading this article, your mind was blown out of your head. You're like, I got to get out there and do this. At least see what it feels like. At the end, they said this, big spinal erectors. Here we go. I want everyone to listen to me when I say this. Big spinal erectors equals being able to lift anything you want off the ground. How's that for an article, folks? Does that make you want to go out and do something? You bet your ass you do. Take it away, Ryan. No, I totally agree. And, you know, with whether it's deadlifting heavy stuff, um, stone lifting, yeah, those spinal erectors need to be absolutely bulletproof. And, you know, you hear everybody has back problems nowadays and, and, uh, you know, they, they keep saying, oh, you know, I, I got to watch my back. I can't work my back. No, it's actually the opposite. You mm-hmm. need to work your back and you need to work your abdominals to death yep. so that they are healthy. It's it's when you stay away from it that they atrophy and get worse. Yeah, if anything, so, if anything, you should be working your lower back harder than ever now, especially with the sedentary jobs, man. You know, yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Benedict Magnuson. And sure, that's the whole reason why he started deadlifting and deadlifting heavy is because he had a bad back, and that's what fixed him. That's what made his back like steel was trying to reinforce it to make it to where it didn't hurt anymore. You know, I think. You know, we talk about deadlifts, and you've heard me before. We've talked. I mean. Uh, Mark Haydock, who's, you know, he's an incredible lifter. I mean, he's going to, my my opinion is he'll walk those dinnies probably further even than Donald Denny did, all right? But one of his big movements, and he swears by it at every angle you can imagine, is the trap bar deadlift. Um, yeah. And I, I, I only trap bar now, too, mainly because of the bicep tear. Uh, I won't do a, I, once in a while I'll do a straight bar, but I feel no necessity to do it. Um, it's going to be close to anything I feel you could pull off with an Olympic bar. So I don't really care at this point, but I'll tell you right now, the erectors and, and, and basically training that back. Um, you know, like we talk about with these mashing middies where, you know, I'm in that, position right at the belly button to the top the bottom of the breastbone and you are trying with all your might to lift something that you have no momentum at all with this movement and let alone take that thing and pin it against a set of rods for six seconds all right this is what i'm talking about you know charlie oliphant made the reference so many times here you know when he had andrew carney help him out Charlie found, now listen everyone, Charlie is an established stone lifter, all right? But he was having some problems, and they found that his upper back needed some serious attention. He did that, 2017 probably was his biggest stone lifting ever in his career. That's what I'm saying, it's like, this stuff is absolutely phenomenal what you can do. So we've got one right now, so we know glued ham, um... Ryan's forte with the bands, obviously I do the same thing, only I love doing the close grip row with it. Um, you do those two movements brutally heavy, um, maybe throw some neck in, you want to do a little bit of grip work, close the door and go home. Uh, if you're doing any more than that, chances are you're not working it that hard. You know what I want to ask you before we move into the next thing too, Ryan? What's your feeling on um, the reverse hyper? 
You know, I like the reverse hyper, and I used it for a long time at the beginning of my my powerlifting and strongman career. We had it at the, at the gym. We all kind of pitched in and bought one when I lived in California. Yep. And um, it was great. And look, as far as the health aspect of it, you know, taking those the, those lower discs and getting traction on them yeah. and getting fluid into those lower discs, it's pretty unmatched when it comes to the health area. Um, but as far as strength, um, I do like it, yep. but for me, the glute ham is superior when it comes to strength than the reverse hyper. And I'll tell you one thing, we, you know, you and I never talked about it and I've never heard anybody talk about, you want to get some abdominal work, yeah. <laughs> lock, you know, put your behind on that pad and lock your feet in, you know, you're now, you know, you're sitting up looking at the wall. See if you can even rip five of them off with it. Um, you, most people probably couldn't. It That thing is absolutely an abdominal builder like you would not yeah. believe. I mean, I'm telling you right now, other than iron boots, that's all I work on when it comes to abdominals, other than doing the big holes in the rack and stuff. I don't, I don't really feel the need for anything else. That glued ham machine will keep your back healthier than ever. Um, I, I love it. I think it's one of the greatest tools I have ever used out there. It is just something that on your off days, if you want, just go out and pump blood through the back with it. it it's just, it's just, there's so many things you can do with it. All right, Ryan, what else do you, what else do you like to, uh, dabble in? Well, you hit the nail on the head right there as far as the blood flow through the low back and the hamstrings. And it's not even just strictly a builder and a strength builder, but, you know, you take the bands off on your off days, whether it's, you know, the night of if you're doing a two-a-day or the next day. And, yeah, I mean, blood flow is king when it comes to healing and recovering from your workouts. So, yeah, like, like I said, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the blood flow and the glute ham. I mean, it is not just a builder, but it is a recovery machine also. Oh, without a doubt. And I'll tell you a thing I've been doing lately. I was telling uh, Dr. Wong yesterday offline about it. You know, we all love the forearms, the hands, the fingers, the wrists, et cetera. You know, the lower arm. And I've been yeah. doing some. I've been doing four movements, pretty interesting. And I do them on the off days because you know I always train my neck. Normally on my training days, I've got an original um, Nautilus four-way neck machine. And I've heard the pros and cons about it. Um, if you know how to use their machines, and I'm not a machine guy. Let me. Yeah, everyone knows that. That stuff is brutal, man. Um, so normally I'm using the four-way on the training days. Now, everyone's heard me talk about um, we use a sand dune, which is an incredible uh, piece of equipment on its own. You know, um, I superset on the workout days the sand dune for the reps, (coughs) excuse me, and the heavy with the four-way neck. So that's front, back, side, side. Same way I figured out a way to do it with the sand dune, just with my head. Now, on my off days, I'll do the neck harness, or if I want to move some of the equipment around, I'll go and do the four-way knot machine. But normally I use the old-school neck harness. You know, it's one out of Iron Mind. I don't really want to give anyone plugs, but, you know, it's that good of a neck harness. And this is what I do. 
I superset the neck harness with the sand dune. Now with the neck harness, usually I use a fixed weight. I don't go very high reps even on that day because I'm doing 10s four-way on the uh, sand dune. So I do a combination of, say, um, let's just say four sets of five on the harness, um, four sets of 10 on the dune. Now, after that, I've been matching these two up, and I love them. Um, I bought many years ago, uh, Mike Brown, everyone's probably familiar with him. Um, he's made some incredible equipment. Um, he's got a great protein out there, et cetera, et cetera. And he made um, a wrist roller that I think it's the best one out there. He made, It was done out of wood. Obviously, a professional woodsman did it because uh, in the very beginning, it's going to get very, very thick. Thick, 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 and then it'll just taper down a little. Let me tell you something, man. You can almost hit three positions on it where when you're at the end of that thing, you're barely rolling it. So I will wrist roll going over and under, so to speak, and I'll superset that with standing reverse curls with an Apollon axle or what I love to do too, which is an incredible, incredible grip builder is I'll take a two inch dumbbell handle and I might load it with say 150 pounds you know because we're looking just for recovery but strength built in and I'll take that thing just like you'd be doing a a picture either a bent row with it or let's say a deadlift between your legs and I might only lift it three inches the first time go and then go through the cycle again next time I come in halfway up drop it i i do like a one two three count it's done well let me tell you something whether i'm running i i said those three movements and the two above it with the neck i'm telling you right now it's phenomenal what it does to your body and the rep ranges you know you can choose whatever you want to do on your days off i still like to be a little bit conservative with things with everything because the idea here is just to get yourself rolling again you know, don't sit around, don't be hurting all day, et cetera, et cetera. Comment on any of that, Ryan, and anything else you want to hit? Yeah, you know, when it comes to the grip work, I mean, because it kind of comes down to the three different types of grip, the crushing grip, static hold, and the pinch grip. And, you know, I am by no means a world-class grip guy, but, yes, I do have a good grip. Um, and the way that I like to work it is to try to work my way through those three different aspects of the grip training. And probably my favorite uh, for, like, the crushing grip strength, it's called a, a – oh, man, it's a pit bull grip machine. I don't even know if they still make them, to tell you the truth. I won it as my trophy at West Coast Strongest Man in 2006. Nice. And um, – that is my favorite. It's plate loadable, and you just basically, you know, squeeze it. And I think they used to sell something like that on Iron Mind yep, also. Yep, yep. But, um, you know, when it comes to that, that's my favorite crushing grip one. When it comes to the pinch grip, I really like the blobs. Yeah, uh, Blob pinches are great. But when it comes to straight forearm endurance and getting my fingers strong, there's nothing like a plain old bucket of rice yeah. and just drill your hand in there all directions. And within a minute, you can hardly even move your hands. Exactly. You know, that's what Bill was talking about, too. I think we've talked about this. You know, Bent Rowe, I mean, he'll he'll swear on a stack of Bibles. He feels that is one of the premier movements, obviously, 
um, to lift stones. And, and they are because it's the same thing I'm talking about with the one arm rower or whatever we're doing here. You know, folks, I don't care how heavy of a stone it is, natural. I don't mess around with many Atlas stones right now, um, a little bit. But I've got so many natural stones out there at varying, um, obviously, sizes and weights. I mean, just sometime go over and just dig your fingers into the stone and lift it. Lift it a few inches. Lift it higher. Put it on your shoulder. I'm telling you right now. You know, you want to get stronger with a stone. You want to have a better grip because, as Ryan's going to find out, there's nothing to hold on to with the with the Husafel stone. If you if you're lucky, whether you turn it the right way, um, whether you pull it up like it's the shield, the way we train it now, totally. Um, as they say, they're called handholds. There's very little to dig your fingers in. So this gentleman here is going to have to have exceptionally strong fingers just to grab that thing. Most people don't realize it. They think that, okay, I can deadlift X amount, I can bench this, and I can squat this. Well, i got to tell you, probably nine times out of ten, you're, you might lift it, but you're not going anywhere with it. You're going to drop it quick. Um, yeah. This is a... This is a strength curve that the majority of people have never, ever, ever, ever touched. This is, you know, people, you know, I was saying this to Ryan before we came on, too. People are very deceived by weight. Um, you know, when I was talking about that 300-pound deadlift the other day, you know, I, I had a couple people say, well, geez, you know, um, 300 pounds. I'm like, Yeah. Could you lift 300 pounds off the ground? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. The problem is, people are going to say, I've had them over here when they got their ass kicked with this stuff. Yeah. 418 pounds, that's not heavy. (laughs) Really? Um, It's over 8 inches on the side, number one. Okay? So you better be pretty damn thick and strong to be able to grab and squeeze something like that. Now... Should you be successful, and I hope everybody is that goes over after this beast, you got to walk at 50 meters, my friend. And it's yeah. not on concrete, and it's not on blacktop. You're walking on shale. You're walking a little bit up and down and all around. And the last time I was there, there were some of the stones that built this monster sheep pen it looked like they were coming out a little bit now um you've got to know where you're walking with this thing because god help you if you ever tripped and hit one of those stones you could get killed if you ever did a face plant with that thing it would kill you if not you would be in very bad shape so what i'm saying here is this you know People minimize a lot of times what others do, whether it's intentionally or they just don't understand it. But I'll tell you right now, you can ask Bill Crawford, go back and listen to some of the shows we've done, same way here. People that are real respectable lifters, man, I mean class lifters, they come and do this stuff and they might lift it a little bit or they might lap it, but they ain't standing up with it. And if they do, they drop it. I'm telling you right now, and you want to talk about frustration, cuts, the whole thing, and they can't understand it. Well, before you're going to come down and thump on 418, you need to go to Iceland or go train one of these stones, even at 250 pounds, and see what you can do with it. Take it away, Ryan. 
No, I totally agree. Yeah, the weight of these stones, oh man, for anybody to say that yeah. 418 is not heavy is just insanity to me because I walked that 400 pounder a few times today and my hips are shot. Yeah. And I, and another th- and another thing people understand, you know, we talk about manhood here. Your manhood, you know where it is, man. You're going to get tested like it. I'll tell you, I've done stuff like that, and it feels like somebody kicked me right in the slats. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, when Ryan, and I'll give it right to you, you know, Ryan's right. I mean, it literally feels, the best way to describe it, just for me, I'm talking, not him. You do that stuff, I swear to you, it feels like somebody took a Louisville slugger and beat the snot out of both sides of your hips. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it. I've had times where I could, it was a bow and you can't get out of a chair. I mean, that isn't a real good thing. And then secondly, take stairs. They hurt going up and they hurt going down. Go ahead. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, no, it's both my hips have their own heartbeat right now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're 100% correct. <laughs> it, it's, but you know something? The nicest thing is going to be when you go there. And you walk up. I hope it's staring at you when you drive in. I hope somebody left it the way we saw it. Um, man, oh man, your throat—I swear to God, your throat's going to feel like it's closing on you. It's, it is absolutely incredible. And and when you walk up wherever you're going to park, um, I would suggest going down right to the very end of the church, and you'll see Sonori's grave right there when you get out. And uh, as we always did, and I'm sure you will, we always go knock on the door just out of, um, you know, being a man about it and uh, showing, you know, your admiration. And hopefully his uh, great, great ancestor will be there. You'll have the time of your life when you meet this guy and he'll take you in everything he does. You'll see all the carvings. It's absolutely breathtaking. But the thing is, Depending on where you walk, you'll probably walk right up towards it. If you come down on the other end, you'll see this little bridge and water running under it, and it'll show, it'll tell all about um, the stone. It'll be obviously in Icelandic and English. I've got a big picture of it here. Um, just just incredible stuff. It, it's, it's stuff, it's, it's a shame that, People and I think though we are changing that big time now, but I hope more and more people hop on the uh, Icelandic wagon too, um, and start a real following because um, the scenery alone is stuff you'll never see in your lifetime. You won't see it, as much as I love the United States, and there's beautiful spots. I don't know if you'll find anything now match up with where you're going, man. It, 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 it's, it, you know, everybody loves to watch that show Vikings. Well, I'm telling you, you're going to be in your own Viking movie, Ryan. It's all yours. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm pretty excited about it all. And, you know, doing the logistics of it, I, I've been working really, really hard on it. It's, it's actually been twice as hard to put all this together sure. than it has been for Scotland. Uh, Scotland is actually it, it was tough. I don't want to say it wasn't. It was definitely tough, but this is definitely times two of what it takes to to plan and get ready. Things are spaced out yeah. a lot yeah. further, yeah. and uh, 
You know, the, when, it, when it looks like all, all the letters of the alphabet have been thrown in the air and then dropped in front of you as far as towns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, may, it makes it very complicated to, to get everything put together and have a game plan, that's for sure. Well, it's very remote, and I don't think a lot of people realize it's an all – I, I, I want to say I think those – when we hit everywhere, I want to say we covered 1,500 miles in like five days, four days. Yeah. Some, I mean – that, folks, is one hell of a ton of driving. And, you know, at that point when I had my injury, I drove the whole time. And, you know, lucky we were sponsored by Toyota because if we didn't have those big four-wheeler trucks, man, uh, you're not doing that in a small car. Um, when we went in 11 and we got caught in that blizzard, um, I... I Driving-wise, I didn't even know if we were going to make it there at that point. Um, they've got, I think they're two or three-tier, like, cattle trucks. And they go by you, and we were driving a small little car. Literally, it feels like it'll blow you right off the mountain. I'm not exaggerating either. There's an awful lot of things going on, though you're going at a great time. Because, number one, the dates you're going in May... You're going at the point when it's usually the cheapest to fly to Iceland. Uh, once you go, I'm trying to think. I want to say either mid-June or before the 4th of July is usually when everything doubles, airfares. Um, maybe it's not that way anymore, but I have a sneaking suspicion it might be. But you know what? If you want to do this stuff, that's the price you pay. You know, so like Ryan's doing, you really got to plan it out. You got to know where you want to go. You got to have a destination. But I will tell anybody, and Ryan too, anywhere you stop, the people are just phenomenal. And anywhere we stopped and we got lost, we found the road again and we got on our way. So that's a big plus. And like I said, there's very few of the native people there that don't know where Husafel is. And that's even more amazing because they know the history of the stone. Now, I'm sure not everybody, but I, I didn't run into one person there. It didn't matter what their age was. Why are you here? I'm going to go lift the Husafel stone. Everybody always made a comment about it. Um, you can add anything to that, but let, let's let's do a, another set of movements before we finish up today, brother. Yeah. yeah. What, so what else? I mean, what, what else do you like? Um do, do you like Matt? Like I said to you before we came on, one of the things I love to do, you do it too. I like doing step ups and carries. Um, normally, with stuff like that, depending on distance and what I want to do, it's usually going to be heavy sandbags. And we know that you can never go wrong with a heavy sandbag because, in my opinion, just from working with people and myself too, Seems like heavy sandbags lean and lead into stone. So take it away. Yeah, you know, step ups are great. I, I don't do, I probably don't do enough of them to tell you the truth. Um, I really enjoy the step ups and kind of what made me start doing them years ago. Uh, I had heard a story about Magnus Vermagnuson and how he was prepping for doing super yoke in world's strongest man and why everybody else was overdoing you know heavy squats magnus was over doing step ups over on the the, the side of these steps yeah 
And they're, you know, asking him, you know, what the heck are you doing? You know, aren't you going to get ready for this? And he's like, well, this is how you get ready. So the step-ups actually have very, very good carryover to your walks and then vice versa. One carries over to the other. Well, you know what it is, too? I mean, you know, we love walking. And another thing I love doing, I think, which is so essential, and we saw it big time when Bill was just on here and Bill was emceeing the Arnold, um, it was an old Hagen thing called the Tombstone, and it was a yep. beast, okay? Um, and one of the things I believe in wholeheartedly is I believe in shouldering. I don't care what it is. And you can do it in, in a number of ways. I mean, you can use a light bag to do a warm-up for your shouldering. You can work it in where it's part of your whole workout. You can make it a workout itself. Just think about this, folks. Step-ups shouldering and bear hugging and walking now you tell me and i and i love to hear people say well can you get big from that i'm like what i mean I, i'm like scratching my head what what's big tell me tell me well i explain to me what is big i uh, i'll say it can you get muscular and mighty powerful you bet your ass you can well i mean you start building uh you know as clint darden loves to say you start building up to a 200-pound sandbag where you can step up, shoulder it, walk it, and clean and press it. Uh, there ain't going to be a hell of a lot you're not going to be moving in the iron world. I got news for you. So if I had yeah, – go yeah. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, and you know, I've, I've been asked many times, you know, well, what should I do? Should, should I just do it to the chest? Should I shoulder it? And my answer is always – Shoulder, and the reason being is you're not slowing the implement down. No, you're firing on all cylinders. You're hitting triple extension, and you're firing that stone onto the shoulder at full speed. Whereas to the chest, if even if it's a light stone, when you're firing it just to chest height, you're slowing it down so it doesn't hit you right in the face. Right, exactly, exactly. So with the shouldering, I really prefer that. for stone lifts, for, you know, if you're doing cleans, if you're doing snatches, I prefer high pulls because I want to pull that thing like there is no tomorrow with as much speed as possible, and I don't want to have any sort of a slowdown. I don't want my body to slow the implement down at any point in the lift like you have to do with the deadlift, like you have to do with a squat, and so on. So that, that's where the stone lifting and the sandbags – that's where they're in their own category is because you can just absolutely give 110% and you don't have a slowing down portion of the lift. No, I agree. And you know what something else is because you got to be careful of this? All right, let's say you want to start pressing it. Now, I know when they get heavy, you're going to have to throw some leg kick in it. But here's the good thing. Once you get really accustomed to this, um, the lighter bags, you can move all in one sequence and press them. Now, if you're if you're starting to lay a pattern down of slowing down or stopping, what do you think that's going to do to your press in all in one move? Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna naturally stop the lift. You don't want to do that. And I'm not advocating taking something big and moving it so hard you crack yourself in the face and break your teeth out. That's not the point here. What I'm saying is. It's like everything we do. You know, you build your pathways, you build your patterns of lifting. Everybody's got a different way they do things, all right? But don't take things 
that could basically stop you from doing the things you could do much easier. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, and we know, let's face it, as bags get heavier, stones get heavier, you want to start pressing them, you're going to have to you well, you, you should be using your whole body mainly to clean it for sure. But when it's that heavy and you've got to throw some type of leg kick in it, okay, I got it. But otherwise, try to make it all in one. You know, it's going to be much better for you. Um, those those movements are just spot on. Um, another thing I think that's real good, I said this in the beginning, you know, um, you know, the bench press I still think is a valid lift. Do I like the ways a lot of people do it? Absolutely not. Um, I think I, I we do floor presses here. We do close grips mainly for um, the inner part of the chest for the stone. I found it really, um, when you've got something heavy laying on your chest, it's much better to have a little bit more mass there, in my opinion. So we do everything floor press, dead start. I like that. Um it puts you in a position where, you know, you got to really lock into the lift and move it. Um, you can also get into an Apollon if you want, depending on how much you want to cut your weight back. Depending on everything you're doing, this is, once again, using your head. Now, we already talked about the close grip bent rows with the glued ham. But another great movement is definitely, I mean, and you could add all three of these in. Um, you could do the floor press. You could do a barbell curl, okay? And obviously, you can do a bent row. Now, what you do is I would do a pull, press, and pull. So, obviously, um, I'm going to do a bent row first. I'm going to do a floor press second. And I'm going to do the barbell curl third. Once again, in any of these movements, you can use any diameter of a bar you want. So, that gives you a clue to what you want to do. Uh, because it's nice to get two in one. I mean, you're messing around with a pollen. Guess what you got? You got your grip done for the day if you're not going to get uh, specific about something. So you could do those three lifts, or you want to cut it down to two. You do a floor press and a bent row, floor press and a barbell curl. And before anybody says, well, barbell, well, I got news for you. Do barbell curls because you want to keep your uh, biceps nice and uh, thick, strong. Don't neglect that. Take it from a guy that's had a tear. Don't neglect your barbell work. It's all yours, uh, Ryan. No, I agree. And, and I, you know, the pressing stuff is really having to take a back seat for me right now. So I'm probably not the guy to talk to when it comes to this. But no, it's fine. <laughs> my my uh, my upper body work right now is crazy as it sounds. Is just with cable cross. Yep. Um, and, and the reason being is. When I hug big stones and I can't interlock my fingers, I want to be able to squeeze as hard as I possibly can to keep that stone in there. And it's paying off. I I mean, I've been hitting some bigger, thicker, heavier Atlas stones, and that's the first thing I feel is how hard I'm squeezing on that stone that I was not able to do before. So the cable cross is really working well for me right now. Once I get back from Iceland, then I'll start hitting more pressing movements. Yep. But you are you are completely correct when it comes to all those movements for the presses. Well, let me ask you this because I know what I had to do. Uh, you, now that you're getting, you know, you're, you're close to a month out from going. Um, yeah. 
you're going to have to start cutting down on everything pretty much now. I, I mean, I don't know how you're going to do it. That's how I was doing it. We would, if we we're going to do a bar, barbell work, it was not going to be any more than probably 70%. But the barbell work, there were pieces that were dropping off. There was movements that were dropping off. Why? Because really had to devote everything to the stone at that point. Made, made sure that we were up to snuff. We made yeah. sure, you know, mentally we were really ready to go. And to be honest with you, the last week before I left, I didn't do a hell of a lot of training. I mean, I did a, a couple days and cut it off because, you know, people don't realize, all right, from New York, well, we flew in, we drove to Logan. It was cheaper to do that. It was approximately about four hours and 20 minutes to Iceland, if you can believe it, all right? Um, doesn't matter. It's it's a, it's still a trip. Um, I believe when you're going, there might be two hours of around nighttime when you're there. So you're going to be daylight for sure. Um, let, let's face it. You're in a different time zone. You're in a different country. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. Plus, you're thinking, you know, uh, maybe you're a day out from doing the Husafel Stone. You know, you got to get up early, travel yeah. to wherever it is. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I think uh, um, a mistake a lot of us make is we feel we got to train heavy right up to the day before we leave. Don't do that. No, 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 no. no. Well, no way. but see, a lot of people, you know, it's the pressure, man. It's it's what you're saying, and I understand that. I mean, you know, it's a it's a big trip. It's a lot of money. Um, you've really given of yourself big time, and you plan on going there and succeeding big time. This is stuff that when you're 90 years old, and that picture's on the wall of you coming home with that stone and all that video's there, that's that's something you live on. You know, that's memories. That's that's something that you completed. I think it's a very, very important thing in any person's life. It's it's something beyond most people could ever fathom, and that's the beauty of it. But the idea is to be going to Iceland with your body and mind fairly rested, handling the pressures if you are dealing with pressures. I mean, obviously, when you walk up that stone like any of us, I don't know, man, my heart felt like it was going to come right out of my chest. I mean, it's like, it's normal. I mean, um, you're laying it on the line. Uh, You're out there. You're putting it out there. People know what you're doing. People are expecting to hear, did he do it or not? Did he make it? Well, that's big. So, you know, know when to cut off. Let your body heal. Get over there. You know, if you got to give yourself a day, give yourself the day. If you've got six, seven days, you're going to get it. But don't put yourself in a position where you've got the hammer dropped on your head and you're like, "Uh uh-oh. And this is how a lot of guys go over there and they don't pull it off because they basically, it's like any sport, you psych yourself out. Um, Ryan, um, anything you want to add to that? Um, give all that yeah, out. Yeah. You know, I, I, with the amount of international travel that I've done for both Highland Games and for the gathering and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I've really kind of pieced together a, a pretty solid plan. Uh, I don't get really, really bad jet lag like some people. 
Um, but I get a little bit of it usually for about a day. Yeah. So yeah. now when I fly into another country, especially being that they've all been flying east, yeah. it, it hits me really, really hard for one day. So I take the first day to travel wherever I need to travel in that country. And then I just hit the sack in absolutely pass out, whether I have to drug myself yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so I've gotten pretty good at that, and I've learned a lot of things. I'm pretty lucky with the guy that I work with was a, a flight paramedic and really knows all the ins and outs of trying to bring jet lag down to an absolute minimum. And when I went over for the gathering, I mean, I had zero jet lag. Awesome. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely playing that in. I'm going to hit the same regimen as I hit going into the gathering for Iceland. And in that final week, just like I did for Scotland, for one week solid for seven days, being that it's about a, a six to seven hour time difference, I go to bed an hour earlier and wake up an hour earlier yep. every single day for seven days until I match that time zone. Yep. No, I think it drives my wife crazy, yep. but it works well. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I mean, you've had great success. I mean, but you and I both know it's taken you time to do that, learn it, and put it into action. And that's where a lot of people, you know, the first time going over, it's like, okay, what do I do? You know, so, I mean, my brother-in-law's father's traveled all over the world. He's like, well, you got to get on melatonin and stuff. To be honest with you. The first time, I didn't really have a hard time sleeping, man. I mean, when you're on the road that long, you're tired, you know, and when you're working and lifting stones. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's paramount. You have to be rested because you're not going to walk up to that stone feeling feeling like you've slept for an hour. I mean, you're just not going to be able to pull it off. You're going to be too tired. No, definitely not. Yeah, there's a lot of things. It's funny because i got friends that will be on their way to Scotland or awesome. planning on to Scotland, and it's they're always like, "Well, you know, I'll be able to sleep from one games to the next." Oh, oh really? You no, you so? won't. Never. No, nope. because that road is snakes through single lane roads that are just none of them are straight. No, you cannot no. sleep in your car. No, <laughs> no, those uh, you know, as beautiful as all these places are, they're not real f road friendly. You know what I mean? And it's oh. like it's not like living in the United States where you know everyone's everything's pretty much paved unless you're out in the middle of nowhere on country roads. So yeah, I, I, there. You know something? The whole thing is with all this, the training. What you've been doing for recovery, um, how you're eating, how you're thinking especially. You know, like I said, you should have done everything because when you step on that airplane, it, it, that's it. I mean, um, you know something too, I wish I remember the name of the hotel. I mean, the inn is there obviously with Husafel. Um, There was one, Stevie Shank sent it to me. I don't know if I've still got it. There's a hotel that's supposed to be very close to where the sheep pen is. Um, We're staying just outside of Husafell. Okay. We found a, a bed and breakfast okay. that is exactly, I think, about 20 minutes oh, okay. from the pen. Awesome, awesome. You'll have to let me know. Yeah. Um, but I'll have to send him a note and ask him or go through my emails because I'm sure I didn't get rid of it. What else you got, brother? Yeah, that's, that's it. You know, at this point, you know, my wife asked me, yesterday you know do, do you think you're going to be able to do it when we get there and i'm like well you know i don't know but if all else fails 
I am in the best shape of my life. I'm the strongest I've ever been in my entire life, and it's all due to trying to prepare for Husafel. So, I mean, you'll get it. If all else fails, I'm the best Ryan Stewart I've ever been, and that is pretty good for me. So, hey, I'll tell you what. I know you want to go to the other places, and we're not even going to say about any type of miss in Husafel. But since you're 20 minutes away, I wouldn't even give a shit, man. It's like, all right, then I'm coming back and getting it the next day. I mean, I, I, I won't, I, when I plan on going, depending on what we're doing financially, whether I'm going from there to Scotland or whatever, if it comes down to, I know I can only go to Iceland, no matter what happens, the Husafel will be first, no matter what happens with it, I'm not leaving there until that thing's lifted and carried. So it's gonna yeah. it's gonna have to rip my arms off me to stop me. All right, so that's the way yeah. I look at it. But no, um, why don't you give out your website? Anything else you want to do? I'll give my stuff out and just hang on the line, please. Yeah, you can just Google uh, Black Flag Strength and Fitness. Find our website uh, again. Our social media is under Black Flag Strength and Fitness. Also, both Facebook and Instagram, and my personal account on both those are, are there also. So awesome. Yep. Uh, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Uh, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com, Winners Champions, Inc. Also, too, go out to our Prosperity Conscious page. Um, contribute to the company, anything anyone has done in the past. We appreciate it. But as I said, we live in the future, and the future rings now. Also, too, don't forget to go out to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell. Real men, real strength, real power. Manly men's movement on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Go out on that page and put something out there. I guarantee you, you'll get a response. Also, too, don't forget about um, our Skype calls to the end of the month. You want to run some free strategy, we'll do it here. If you're in the New York area, anywhere, come on up here to the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. I'll give you the best hour you've ever had. Also, too... Um, we can do any type of call with anybody. Skype is king here with all this. You know, we're all over the world. Give us a call. We'd be glad to run some strategy with you. Also, to advertising here, you go out to the home page, fill out the information with a phone number. I will call you, and we will make money for one another. Um, I don't do the email thing when it comes to that stuff. So go out there. Also, sign up for our free newsletter. Um on motivationmuscle.com um, whenever I put out content you'll get it in your mailbox and don't forget you know this will be I think it's the fourth show with Ryan there's not there's probably 925 shows out there now in less than four years there's nobody that rolls content out like us we're not an infomercial yes we do sell products but our stuff is all time tested approved and you buy something here or I'm sure with Ryan's gym you're going to get quality, man. And that's what it's all about. People love to buy quality. Come on in here, buy some advertising, buy some product. And don't forget, too, go out to motivationmuscle.com and click my uh, picture on top. It'll tell you all about the e-stim machine. And if you haven't listened yet, but the show just went up, go out and just listen to yesterday's show. We started out with Dr. Wong all about the e-stim if you buy one right now, you get $100 off when you click me. Um, this thing possibly might be one of the best pieces of equipment I've ever bought. It's working, and I mean working. Tonight I'll run it again. Tonight's going to be, um, I'm going to run it on the feet. 
a big thing that we talked about, especially with the sand dune, was all the proprioception and the feet connection to the brain. Well, what Paul told me to do is you run the pads on the thickest part of your foot, which is at the top. Uh, you can feel stuff even through there, and my feet are thick from all these years of training. Um, and I'm doing that for the connection from the feet to the brain. So I'll let you know more about that. Go out there, though. I'm telling you, for the money, you're, if you're wasting $400 a month on supplements, cut it in half. Go buy this machine. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to need all those supplements once you start using it. You're not going to need the recovery drinks and all that other crap that's no good for you. Go out and look at something that's real. So go out to MotivationMuscle.com. Click my picture on the top of the home page, and I'm telling you right now, you'll change your life. But go out and listen to the show with Dr. Wong and I yesterday. Um, also, too, uh, if there's a show you'd like Ryan and I to do, go out to uh, Fiorello Barbell at nightcap.r.com. Um, iTunes and Stitcher, give us a five-star review. That's what we've gotten from everybody. We appreciate it. Your car can get us in it through AHA, which is AHA. Um, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, never be afraid to give them five words of inspiration. You can change someone's life forever. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what they're dealing with. If you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, squat it, pull it, press it, push it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And the great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher says in blood red, domination. We are domination. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. There is, there was, there will be, and there will be forever. Also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad be a leader, not a follower. Frank, um, or I'm sorry, not Frank, um, John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor, would walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door. Well, we'll just blow the roof off your house. Be part of the family. Join us. We need you. You need us. Les Brown says, you all have greatness in you, but we take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And not many people would ever say that in today's world. Ryan, we'll have you on, time permitting with you, uh, before you leave for Iceland. And obviously, when you get back and you have time, we'll get you back on here. But it's always an honor, and thank you for coming on, my friend. No, thank you so much, Eric. It's always a great time, and it's always a learning experience on your show, for both for me and for everybody else. So, well, me thanks, too. Thanks for knowing what you're doing. Yeah, and and me too, Ryan. Um, you know, you come on here, you're always here, and you lend. And what you're doing right now, I admire the hell out of you because I wish I was sitting next to you. Though you and I probably couldn't sit next to each other on a plane. <laughs> um, but but I'll tell you this. Um. You've got my admiration and respect, my friend. What you're doing, people don't realize it's one of the most noble things any man could ever do. So we'll talk before you leave. Yes, sir. So for Ryan Stewart, this is Eric Fiorello. Um, We'll have this show up either tomorrow or Monday. Um, But as I always say, life is asking something from you. you got to give. And all of you, keep Ryan in your heart. 
because I'll tell you right now, we need to push that energy to them. So, for Ryan Stewart, this is Eric Fiorello. We will talk to you soon. Have a great weekend, and go out and do something marvelous. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.